Hey everyone, my name is Adam Barfoot and welcome to episode 17 of the Counseling and Functional Fitness Podcast. I am a mental health therapist and I am also a coach at two different CrossFit gyms. The Counseling and Functional Fitness Podcast focuses on the integration of mental health and physical fitness. In this episode, I talk about an excerpt from a speech by Theodore Roosevelt. The excerpt is called The Man in the Arena. This is part one of two episodes that will be about the man in the arena. In this episode, I talk about how you can recognize that you are the man or woman in the arena, how that applies to counseling and functional fitness, how the therapeutic relationship is an art, how conversation is an art, and the importance of giving your full effort. As a disclaimer, during this podcast, I am speaking for myself and my own views, and I am not speaking for any counseling organization or any of my employers. Theodore Roosevelt said, It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. So let's take a look at this. It is not the critic who counts. This is something that shows up in any kind of art or sport or creative venture. In my writing, thoughts go through my head of, well, maybe this certain person wouldn't agree with this. Or, is this sentence the best way that I could communicate this thought? There are constantly thoughts in my head of, who would say what about this idea? And I've told people this who have asked me about how it is for me to have a podcast and to write content for it. I tell them that I have a passion for connecting mental health and physical fitness, and I see myself as the person to do it. And if not me, then who? Who will do this if I don't? That's a question I ask myself, and I believe that I am the right person to do this, so I'm doing it, and I will continue to do it, and I'm going to see where it goes. These are great questions for you to ask yourself, too. Look at your passions and your desires and see how you can do those things in a way that other people cannot. We all have passions, desires, hopes, and dreams, and oftentimes it's the difference of whether we choose to act on those passions, desires, hopes, and dreams, and the difference between those who do and those who do not is actually in the doing and in the effort that is put forth. Are we going to just have these hopes and dreams or are we going to act on them? Believing that I am the person to do this gives me great drive and desire. And for you, believing that you are the person to do something will give you that great drive and desire. 
about critics, the kind of people who are critics who put other people down are also those people who are not focused enough on their own endeavor. When we are focused on being the best that we can be, we are not focused on tearing other people down. When we are focused on achieving great things, we don't look down upon others who are trying to do the same. There is no need for people who are secure in themselves and sure of themselves and their abilities that they need to shut down other people's dreams and desires. Putting other people down and insulting people can come from a place of insecurity and not being sure of yourself and your own abilities. And going back to what I was saying about believing that I am the person to do this, giving me the great drive and desire, I was talking to a friend quite a few months ago, right after I had started the podcast and also the the social media pages for the podcast and we were talking about the responses I was getting on social media and also my my drive for doing the podcast and my friend he said you're not doing it for the likes and that really put things in perspective for me I'm not doing this for the likes or the number of listens that the podcast gets I am super glad for the listeners, and I want to say to you, the listener right now, thank you for listening, and I'm glad for the feedback that I'm getting from listeners and people supporting the podcast. The number of likes and number of listens is not the end goal. The purpose of this for me is the journey, the journey of acting on a desire and drive and expressing creativity. With that being said, I'm doing this podcast and writing for it for hours on end to act on this burning passion that I have within me to integrate mental health and fitness. I'm doing it to express creativity. Writing is an art. Talking to people is also an art. Something that I've learned from being a therapist is that engaging people in conversation is an art. I've learned to hit what I consider interest nerves with my clients. This is finding something that a person wants to talk about and something that they care about. Find out what is important to people if you want to have a great conversation. I am really not a fan of people who only talk about themselves and show no interest in the other person involved in the conversation. You might have some friends you talk to and they never ask you anything about yourself. They just want to make the conversation about themselves all the time. Another thing is that some people just want to relate everything in conversation back to themselves. Let's look at two examples of this. So, for example, let's take person A and person B. Person A shares the news that person A just got a PR, so a personal record in a lift. And person B talks about their own experience with that lift. Person B says in response, hmm, I've been struggling with that lift lately. Another example, person A says, yes, I did great in that workout and I'm happy with my score. And person B, instead of saying anything about person A's excitement or connecting with person A in that excitement, person B in response talks about how person B did in that workout. In both of these interactions, we see that person A is sharing about themselves and person B has the opportunity to identify how person A is feeling and to encourage or congratulate person A. But instead, person B makes the conversation all about themselves. 
person B only wants to think about person B instead of celebrating person A's new personal record or how, how great person A did in the workout. And of course, therapy is different because the therapist-client relationship is a one-way relationship, which I talked about in episode two of this podcast where I answered the question, what is counseling? Back to the passion that I have for integrating mental health and fitness. I have this passion burning within me. And with this passion, I have two options. I can act on this passion and see how far I can take this podcast, my future book, and everything else that can and will come about from me integrating mental health and fitness. Or I could give in to the fear of critics and the fear of what people might say. And me giving in to that fear would be me pushing down this passion by not acting on it. We cannot have courage without fear. So many creative acts are acts of courage. There will always be critics, but it is not the critic who counts. And now moving on to the next part of the man in the arena. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. So let's look at this. Acknowledge how you are in the arena and where you are striving valiantly, while understanding that there is no effort without error and shortcoming. Errors and shortcomings are a part of effort and of learning. We cannot expect to be an expert on day one. Even people who are considered experts make errors and have shortcomings. If you think about the best coaches of the best sports teams in history, remember that they lost games too. They did not go undefeated for their entire careers. Something I started doing about six months ago is telling myself, you are the kind of person who. I've found that telling myself, you are the kind of person who, is a great way to remind myself how I am in the arena and also a great way to acknowledge my effort. When I PR'd my snatch a few months ago at 2.05, I looked into my own eyes in the mirror and I said, you are the kind of person who can snatch 2.05, and then I did. I used to dream of the day that I would snatch over 200 pounds, so this was a big deal for me. When I record a big guest episode for the podcast, I'll look at myself in the mirror and say, You are the kind of person who has fill-in-the-blank guest on your podcast. And that was exactly what I did when I had the CrossFit Games athletes Austin Maliolo on episode 10 of the podcast and then Travis Williams on episode 16 of this podcast. Also, when I am going into meeting with the client for a therapy session, I will tell myself, You are the kind of person who greatly helps people. I'll also tell myself things like, you are a person who creates a safe place for your clients. You are the kind of person who helps people process difficult situations. So I found that doing this, saying to myself, you are the kind of person who has had great benefits for me and I think it can be something that really helps you too. This is a way that we can remind ourselves of who we know ourselves to be and 
can also help us remember our strengths. And moving on to the next part of the man in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. People can pick up on things about us, sometimes very quickly, depending on the person. People can tell if we are self-oriented or others-oriented, and clients can tell this about their therapist. Does the client feel safe in the space with their therapist? Does the client experience the therapist as a person who cares and wants to understand? Does the client interpret the therapist as someone who can help them? And does the client interpret the therapist as being focused on the client instead of themselves? In counseling, the others-oriented stance and perspective is very important because in the one-way relationship of the therapist-client relationship, the therapy conversations between therapist and client are solely focused on the client. And in functional fitness gyms, athletes can tell if a coach actually cares about them or if the coach is only coaching so that they can call themselves a coach and put it in their Instagram bio, which is an example of being others-oriented or self-oriented in the role of a coach. It's important for me as a therapist and as a functional fitness coach that I express care and desire to help and therefore communicating in ways that, that that can contribute to the client or athlete feeling and seeing that I care and genuinely want to help them. Also, expressing care and genuinely wanting to help means that the therapist shows interest in the client and that the coach shows interest in the athlete. This goes back to the interest nerve that I mentioned earlier. Great conversations lead to great relationships, and great conversations are such an important part of great relationships. Going back to what it means to be others-oriented, the therapist's thoughts during sessions and conversations with clients cannot be, hmm, how does this relate to me and my experiences, which is what we see in so many conversations with people who are not truly listening, but who are instead just waiting for their chance to speak. Part of being a therapist is being able to identify how the client is feeling and what they are experiencing and reflecting that back to the client so that the client knows that the therapist understands what the client is feeling and experiencing. There is a vast difference in truly listening and showing empathy compared to people in conversations who just want to try to fix things or people who just want to relate everything back to themselves and their own life. Relating everything back to yourself in conversation is so different and has such different effects on the other person than the ability and willingness to enter into another person's story and take the time, expend the effort, and give the willingness to listen deeply to another person's experience. Learning to have great conversations is a skill and an art. Expressing understanding is also a skill and an art, and the therapeutic relationship is an art. Entering into another person's space with non-judgment and a willingness to enter into that person's pain and fears with him or her is an art. Forming relationships is an art.
It's not black and white. It's not a set of questions and answers that you can memorize and repeat because every relationship is different. And there are different levels of things we share with different people because there are different pictures of us that we want different people to see. Therefore, we adapt and choose our actions, our words, and even our outward appearance according to how we want that relationship to be and how we want that person to view us and experience us. And we do not let everyone in to the same spaces in our lives and in our story. Everyone plays a different role in the story of our lives. Also, in my work as a therapist, I've come to know that knowing anything about anyone is a privilege, not a right. And it is a true honor for me as a mental health therapist to know my clients' stories and to play a part in their story. So people can tell if we truly care or not. People can also tell whether or not we live our lives genuinely. People can see through facades that others put up. If we say we live one way or we advocate for something, but live our lives in total opposition to that, people will see. If we live in ways or do things that we would tell other people to not do, it's time to be honest with yourself about where you are, where you want to be, and how you can get to where you want to be. Now, getting to the final part that I'll cover in this episode of The Man in the Arena. It says, Who strives valiantly, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. Let's look at effort. Like I've said before on this podcast, effort is a choice. We control our effort. We do not choose the outcome of a situation, and we cannot see a perfect forecast of what will happen as a result of our decisions. But we can make educated guesses as to where we will end up if we continue down the path that we are on right now. We can do everything in our control to get the outcome that we want. We have to keep in mind with this that we can only control what we can control. The amount of effort we choose to give or not give is completely our decision. We choose when to expend energy and when not to. We decide whether we give our full effort or anything less. Steve Prefontaine said, To give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. We give away our power when we choose to not give our full effort. This is because our power lies in our effort. We cannot control the outcome, but we can control the effort we put into pursuing the outcome that we want. There is no perfect performance. There's no perfect counseling session, and there's no perfect career but there can be full effort given. We can give full effort in our work, in the gym, in our relationships. We can leave everything out on the competition floor, and we can give full effort in working to improve ourselves. The word strive means to make great efforts to achieve or obtain something. 
and to struggle or fight vigorously. The word valiantly means with courage or determination. These strong words show us the importance of making courageous and determined efforts and to struggle and fight for what we want in life. And also that it's okay to come short again and again. In our lives, there is error and shortcoming, and there is no effort without error or shortcoming. If we succeed in every single thing we do, how much are we really putting ourselves out there? If we never try anything new, we will not get anywhere new. If we get up and get moving, we will find the momentum that we were waiting for while we were sitting, waiting for motivation. Motivation sometimes starts when we decide to start moving. Things are not just going to fall into place without us doing anything. If we want to achieve greatness in anything, we have to put in effort that will earn us that greatness. Mastery will not just appear one day out of nowhere. We can pursue mastery by acting daily in the ways that we best think will get us to where we want to be. There's a quote from Epictetus that says, Progress is not achieved by luck or accident, but by working on yourself daily. And Jocko Willink says, discipline equals freedom. This can mean that sometimes we have to do what we do not want to do now, so that in the future we can do what we want to do, as well as become the person that we want to be. Here are a few examples of this. If we want to get stronger, a way that we can do that is by lifting weights. If we have to start with using the five-pound dumbbells, then by all means, start with the five-pound dumbbells. In order to gain strength, we have to expend effort in the direction of strength. To get in better running shape, we can work on our capacity for cardio. If we have to start by walking before running, then by all means, start by walking. If you have a deep desire inside of you to make progress, take the first step. In closing, I'll say this. Reflect on how you are the man or woman in the arena. Remind yourself of how much you have gone through to get to where you are now. Remind yourself of your strengths. Be honest with yourself. And remember, the credit belongs to the man or woman in the arena. Hey everyone, hope you enjoyed the episode. You can follow along with Counseling and Functional Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. You can contact me by emailing counselingandfunctionalfitness at gmail.com or by messaging Counseling and Functional Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. See you next time.